Good morning, Genesis. Good morning. There we go. We got it. We got one. All right. Good morning, everybody. All right. Welcome to church. Uh, we are going to start off with a call to worship. And so up on the screen, we're going to have uh, I say a line, you say a line type thing. So uh, uh, all 10 of you, you got to participate like, woo. All right. So I think your lines will be green. And uh, I think it's coming up. Let's see. I don't want to say my line to the other one. I don't have this on my slides. It's going to happen. Trust me. <laughs> Hello. I don't have this on my slides. There will be a call to worship. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> All right. Should we do a song, then a call to worship, Nate? All right, let's do that. All right. We are going to start with a song, then we'll do a call to worship, and uh, we'll roll with this. There we go. Uh, head to the heart. Thank you. 
call to worship. Okay, I'm just going to read it here. If God is a hen, we are under God's wing. If God is a table, we each have a seat. If God is a house, we are safe from the storm. If God is a party, we're, we're invited to dance. If God is a melody, our name are the lyrics. If, God, if, if this is God's house, then you are all welcomed, all are loved, all belonged. Let us worship holy God. Spirit, pray. 
Good morning, church. I'll be reading the call for confession, and then I ask that we read together the prayer of confession, and then we'll read together words of forgiveness. The call to confession. Family of faith, we come to confession not to wallow in our own guilt. Instead, we come to confession because we know that change starts with being honest. So in a desire to change and grow, let us pray to a God who loves us like a mother hen. Let us confess our sins together. And this is the part we'll read together. When the Pharisees tried to stop Jesus, Jesus said, all together, I will keep on. I will keep on healing. I will keep on teaching. I will keep on preaching. I will keep on flipping the tables of injustice. I will keep on treating every person like a child of God. I will keep on believing that this world can change. And I will keep on and keep on and keep on until God's promised day. Forgive us, God, for the time when we stop. Amen. And now for the words of forgiveness. Family of faith, because Jesus' love just keeps going, we can trust that that love and grace exists for us. So rest in this good news, and I ask that we read this all together. No matter what we do wrong or what we leave undone, we are under God's wing. We are loved, held, and forgiven. Thanks be to God for a love like that. Amen. All right, we have one more song for you. This, once again, I keep on throwing new songs at you. Sorry about that. But uh, why don't we uh, stand up? I think you'll be able to pick it up. The uh, We'll see how it goes. Hopefully you like it. Sun, more beautiful than words. 
USA This sadless light Shining over all It leads me to your glory Everlasting In your kindness For the broken and the lost shame upon the cross Your love brighter than the sun more beautiful than words could ever say Your endless light shining over all it leads me So while we're meeting here, um, I've done a lot of tra traveling over the years as a missionary, uh, especially doing peace work. And I've spent, uh, I've been in Ukraine seven times teaching at a seminary. My home church in Ukraine is, uh, is right now uh, abandoned because it's right in the war zone as the Russian army's advancing in Kiev, toward Kiev. And uh, nobody can go there. There's been a lot of fighting around there. And... Um, uh, I've got two friends uh, that I've lifted up for prayer. One, Veronika, she's from the city of Dnipro, which has been uh, 
started coming under heavy bombardment uh, this week. Uh, Veronica uh, left and she safely made it to uh, the Netherlands where her son lives. And so I'm rejoicing in God for that. But my other friend, uh, Fyodor, he's a professor at that seminary, real egghead theologian, I mean, but uh, uh, he stayed with uh, the kitchen staff at the seminary. Most everybody was evacuated because they're very near where the front lines are. And he stayed there and, and uh, I've seen a couple of pictures of Fyodor. One is of him delivering food to an elderly woman. Uh, the kitchen staff is making food and they're going and delivering it to people uh, that can't get out for whatever reason. And then they, uh, the other picture was of Fyodor leading a worship service for some of the soldiers, the Ukrainian uh, soldiers that are um, uh, fighting there. And so we're gonna have uh, prayer in just a minute. It's gonna be open prayer. If any of you want to say a sentence or two prayer, you know, just stand up and say it loud enough. I'm not going to run around giving you the microphone. We're just going to say it. And then when somebody says the prayer, I'll start. Lord, hear our prayer. You can just join in. Lord, hear our prayer. Okay? And then the next person and so on. But uh, before we do that, our psalm for today uh, couldn't have been more poignant. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. So let's pray. And as you feel led of the spirit, please lead. Lord, hear our prayer. 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 Lord, at this Lenten time, we remember you coming among us, walking among us, suffering among us, 
taking all of the sins that we have done and all the sins that have been done against us and bearing them on your body on the cross. And then you rose again, Lord, having that victory over death. And so in light of all this, we pray that you would walk in these places of horror and suffering. We pray for the children who are suffering things that no child should go to, through, but we know, God, there's even children in our communities that suffer a lot too, God, from violence and sorrow. Lord, we pray for, for those that uh, are struggling, for families that are being broken apart, for elderly people and disabled people that have trouble finding a place to go and even just however it goes, God, walk with them. Hold them under the shadow of your wing. We pray for people who are seeking to be your ministers and witnesses, bringing food to those who are hungry, medical care to those who are wounded and injured, consolation to those who are sorrowful, for those who are losing homes. God, we pray for the people of Ukraine that you would bless them and bring peace. And we pray for the people of Russia, God, that you would, you would help them recognize what's going on. For those that are standing up, we pray you'll give them courage. I pray for my missionary friends who are planting churches in St. Petersburg and have had to flee. I just pray that you'll bless them and ministries that are crumbling because of the war going on. God, have mercy. And we remember other places, too, where war is haunting people in Ethiopia and Yemen and Myanmar and many other places, God, where there's a need for your grace and your mercy for Syria and Iraq, Afghanistan. Have mercy, we pray. We pray all these things, Lord, and we ask, Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Good morning, I'm Sandra Guzman de Grimm. I'm one of the elders at Genesis, and I'm doing your announcements. Welcome to Genesis. We are asking everyone to keep their masks on only while in the children's upstairs area. We are no longer requiring them to be worn in the sanctuary or the lobby. Feel free to continue to wear them until you are comfortable. You will not be judged. Today, we are affirming our elders as a community. There is a link in your text you can follow. There's a link on Zoom, and there's a link on the front page of the website. There is an equipping and calling event for women in spiritual leadership, Saturday, March 26, 9.30 in the morning to 11.30 in the morning. Child care will be available. Please come, bring another friend or two or three. And I'm going to release you for connection, and it's Women's History Month, and if you know me, I'm like yay women. So, Find someone and share with them an inspiring woman in your life.
Good morning again. We'll give you more time to discuss here a little bit later. We're so glad that you're here. Yes, we announced that um, the affirmation of elders, if you receive the text, you can do that. We did that last week as well, but if you didn't get a chance to, uh, we encourage you to do that again. Many of you did, so that'd be super. Uh, thank you so much for those who continued, continued giving. Uh, you can text it. Many of you send it by mail. You set up direct things like that. We're appreciative of your generosity, that we can continue to be who we long to be. One of the things that we long to do is to equip people, meaning to um, create space for us to listen and hear and to put us all into the presence of the living God who breathes on us. And so even that equipping that's coming up in a couple of Saturdays, that, that's what we want to be about and to find multiple avenues to equip us, to encourage us, that we can find breath to rest and to hear from God and to move in the life that God has given us. But thank you for your giving. So let me give thanks um, to God. If you've come with some prayer requests, there's some green cards even in the back, and you weren't able to do that on the text, because you can click on the text, and you can fill that out for prayers and things like that. You can drop it into the green box. If you also have a gift, you want to do it physically, there's a, I'm sorry, a brown box there in the back. But let me pray. Father, thank you for your provision. And you tell us that even when we're in need to cry out to you, and Jesus, you even taught us to pray that your kingdom would come, that you would break in, that you've taught us to pray, God, give us our daily bread. Give us what we need today to sustain us for living, for being, for engaging. Fuel us and fuel the hungry and thirsty today, Lord. Let us feed upon you. Thank you, God, for that. Let us, let us meet you in the provision of your spirit. All of the words that come from your mouth today. Lord, those who find themselves in need, we pray that you would meet them as well, who aren't here. Our neighbors and friends and family and co-workers and those who are suffering. Those who are on our minds and on our hearts. Jesus, come near. And if by your spirit you move us towards them, may we find your grace to say yes and engage. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're in the second Sunday of Lent. I'm going to start with a prayer for illumination. Holy God, this life of ours is full to the brim. Our days are overflowing with emails and to-do lists schedules and notifications, assignments and deadlines. We wake up feeling behind. We go to sleep worrying about tomorrow. And we know there has to be more than this. Amen? Amen, Amen yes. So we pray. Bend down and show us the way. Leave breadcrumbs in the street. Point us towards awe and wonder. Guide us to intimacy and trust. Gift us with laughter that will make us cry and hope that will make us feel alive. We want a new kind of fool to the brim. Show us the way. We are listening for your cues. Gratefully we pray. Amen. So we may find a cue today 
in Luke chapter 13, verse 31 to 35. Uh, we're in, uh, there's a set of readings and scriptures that are a part of the liturgical church called the lectionary. There's three years of patterns of scriptures, and Dan referenced the reading from Psalm 27, which was a part of the lectionary for this year. The lectionary reading for this morning, the second Sunday of Lent, is found in Luke chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. Let's read together. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, go tell that fox. I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When you have pictures of God in your head, or even just pictures of Jesus, the metaphors of Jesus, which ones come to your mind? Maybe a, a lamb, the door. Dave, did you shout out something? A shepherd? What pictures come to your mind for Jesus? The bread of life. There's lots of metaphors and even metaphors for God. But for how many of you, it is a chicken? more descript, a mother hen, a hen, a female chicken who lays an egg. This is the picture that Jesus gives us to describe himself. Oh, as a hen, I would like to gather you. Now, many are crying out for a different kind of God. The lion, the bear, the eagle. The scriptures have these pictures to them. The scriptures are filled with this language where God is described as a mother bear or an eagle over her nest. But yet Jesus chooses the hen. The second Sunday of Lent, Luke's gospel invites us to contemplate Jesus as a mother hen whose chicks don't want her. Though she stands with her wings open wide, offering welcome, belonging, and shelter, her children will not come home to her. Her wings, her arms are empty. This is a mother in mourning, a mother struggling with failure and futility. It's the way of the hen. Not the bear, not the eagle, but a hen. Those words come from Debbie Thomas. She wrote an article called The Way of the Hen. I found it beautiful. I was reading that 
as I was looking at this text, and Debbie used different language and experience that was illuminated for me to see the beautiful picture of Jesus. So that's what we're going to look at today. And not only that, we're going to have a chance today to look at this scripture ourselves and discuss it. To, to engage it, because we learn from each other in different experiences. Have you ever seen these images of these double pictures? You ever seen these ones where you look at something and something else pops up? Yeah, it keeps on popping off my face. You ever had those tests? Thanks for bearing with us. I'll just use this. Right, so sometimes you look at the picture and you see the three ladies, but yet you can look at another one and you can see three older women with a wart on the nose. And sometimes when we look at a picture, we just see what we see. And then some other time, somebody points something else out and you're like, oh, oh yeah, that was there, but I just didn't see it. That's the beauty of reading the scriptures with others. And Debbie Thomas was one of those ones who illuminated something for me. I'm going to share a part of her illuminations this morning. Now, I find it um, beautiful because, one, Debbie's a woman. And, and Jesus is describing himself as a mother hen. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss some of these metaphors because of my experience. All of us come in with different experiences and learning different culture and background. And when we share our experience in the lens of our lives, because experience is learning. Most of us thought schooling is learning. That experience is learning. And what you have experienced and learned, then it comes out in the reflection of the scriptures. The, the rabbis and the Jews said the scripture is a 70-sided gem. You turn it another way and you see something else. So we need each other. So I find this a perfect time as we're going to be, as I think, that on Saturday the 26th, we're doing an equipping for women to say your voice, your teaching, your understanding, your leadership is needed, empowered, influenced by God for whatever God might use you for as he has equipped and to called you. Sharon Buttry is going to be teaching. She sent me her notes just as a way of saying, oh, let me share what I'm going to be teaching. Uh, it was amazing. I, I'm going to come. Well, I'm, I'm going to help with the kids. But I want to be there because it's going to be, um, it's beautiful. Her story, her encouragement, illuminating the scriptures for us all. You hear the word leadership. That's just about influencing one other person towards a common goal. You're all trying to do that. So I want to encourage you. Women, come. Come here sharing story. Come in discussion. Come and prompt one another 
bring your sisters, bring your friends, bring your daughters. They will be encouraged over a God who wants to illuminate and use us and empower us, love on us and call us. That's on the 26th. Come and be a part of that. So in this, in this text, there's lots of different images. There's lots of different pictures in here. There's lots of different learning and gleanings. I want to share a few things that we're going to send you into discussion to read that scripture and engage in. But the first thing, even in this Lent that is so perfect in this picture, is this calling towards, this vul- towards a God who is vulnerable. This picture of vulnerability. To embrace that. Most of us aren't comfortable with this, this radical vulnerability. And in this, Jesus is confronted with this danger of Herod, uh, and the Pharisees come to him saying, he wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. And Jesus does not deny this. Herod was the guy, I mean, as we know about Herod in the scriptures, he beheaded John the Baptist. His father was the one, when he heard about a king of the Jews that was born, sent Roman troops into Bethlehem to kill every boy child under the age of two. This is, these aren't kind people. The one who sent a community into mourning as he annihilated the young boys. My son now would have been grabbed and killed. So Jesus does not deny that. And puts him into that kind of vulnerability and even more. And so you would think when this kind of threat is coming up, what is the image that Jesus will use? A lion, a protector, no, a chicken. A vulnerable one. This is what Debbie writes, she says, what Jesus the mother hen offers is not the absence of danger, but the fullness of his unguarded, open-hearted, wholly vulnerable self in the face of all that threatens and scares us. What he gives us is his own body, his own life, wings spread open, heart exposed, shade and warmth and shelter at the ready. What he promises at great risk to himself is the making of his very being into a place of refuge and return for his children. For all of his children, even the ones who want to stone and kill him. What if we were to embrace the invulnerability of God? What if it, we don't need the war horse picture, the fox-like deity? But what if it is the mother hen picture that Jesus is exposing here? In this time, says, oh, come near. Come under my refuge. Come with all the longing and desperation, the wings open wide. Can you imagine a more profound and beautiful picture of God? And a vulnerable God. A God that offers himself under his wings and takes on the violent blows and destruction of all, but says, hey, come under my rest now. Maybe once you can do that.
This text also illuminates not only this beautiful picture for us to embrace God's vulnerability, but, but one of uh, mourning. And here we see Jesus mourning. Oh, I wish my desire was for them to come under. I wish they would have returned. Wow, I've longed. Can you relate? to lost hopes, dreams, for, to brokenness. Because here Jesus laments. He mourns over what could have been. In some ways, what should be, but isn't. I, I, I'm not comfortable with mourning. I'm not comfortable acknowledging loss and calling it that. But yet Jesus models this for us. A time when we can speak out saying, oh, I wish this had been. I can see what's going to come, and it is not good. I wish they were choosing something else. It's called lamenting. And Jesus mourns in this. Mourning about loss, missed opportunities, broken promises, or crushed hopes. All of us, regardless of our circumstances, we know what it's like to be rejected. The pain of watching someone self-destruct before our eyes. And Jesus grieves for his lost and wandering children. Those who won't come home. How often I desired to gather you. So if we follow this, this pattern and this beautiful picture that's illuminated for us by a God who laments and mourns, how might you be called to mourning? in this season of Lent, the 40 days leading up to Easter. What eludes you? What mischances, failed efforts, or broken dreams are calling you into mourning? How about, how about, how might we, the church, mourn over our homes, our cities, country, our planet? How might we mourn over what's happening in the world? For war, as we were praying earlier. Can we call it loss, destruction, and lament? We find Jesus' pattern here. They're lamenting and calling. And they're a beautiful picture of God. And the final picture that Debbie threw out there was, was a call to return. Right, this beautiful picture of a God, of Jesus saying, oh, the mother hen, how I've longed for you to come under my wings. Return. Come home. A God willing to embrace us as a calling to wandering children. picture is the image of chicks snuggling under a mother's hidden wing. It's an image of gathering, of returning to community. To return to that. So, what in me, what in us is not willing to be gathered this Lent? What in us is not willing to return to God? Are we trying to go it alone? 
Are we trying just to make it on our own? I, I know what that feels like. Not willing to surrender to community, to surrender to the wings of God's care and to God's people. So where in your life have you chosen to go it alone? There is a risk in surrendering our lives to a vulnerable God. Maybe we prefer the God who says, I'm the lion who's going, always going to ravage and win and conquer. We do know that God wins, but he allows himself to be vulnerable, and so are we. But in his vulnerability, he shows his great love for us. And this is the picture again, and these are the words that Debbie wrote that I love about God's yearning, about God's called return. It says, and yet a yearning mother hen is the mother we belong to. She's the one weeping for us. She's the one calling us home. Her body and her heart are on the line, and yet her desire is fixed on us. She will never, ever stop calling us home. This is what our God has described himself as, calling us home. So, Father, come and illuminate in this text for us. As my friends, as we read this in Community Engage, would you highlight and illuminate and speak to us? Would there be images and pictures that each other bring up? And maybe even the words that were spoken today that encouraged my heart this week might be the ones that you want to whisper upon us to give us life, to give us breath, as if Jesus was speaking to us his very words. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so we're going to dismiss you to engage into groups right now. And with that, we've got some leaders lined up in the lobby.